All right. So Wait, how's my sound? Is it good? You sound great. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. sound great. Um, I mean, I knew that, but like, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh... Hi, my name is Jose, and here are the things I wish I knew when I was an undergraduate student. Okay, so honestly, um, you know, we've been knowing each other for what, like a year already? Um, virtually, sadly, um, we did our interview together. So, you know, we know each other at least in that aspect, but there's obviously a bunch of things that I don't know about you. So if you had to re reimagine you introducing yourself to me for the first time, how would you introduce yourself? What are some of the things that are most important to you um, and that you always share with everyone when you meet them? Yeah, so if I were to reintroduce myself, I guess now I would say, oh, my name is Jose. I am a first-generation queer college student. Um, I'm Latino. I come from a low-income uh, community. You know, things that you would regularly say to um, individuals when you're first meeting them. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you probably don't want to just like throw everything at them, all your identities, just because it's a little bit too much for some people. Um, but for me, what's most important for me would be um, being a first-generation queer college student who's Latino, coming from a low-income background, just because um, the person that I am today is very much product of those identities and how I move through society and um, through our world with those identities. Um, so I would say that those are some of the things that I hold most important to myself and um, what I show to the world whenever I'm around or creating a space inside a space where I'm not supposed to, you know, where it wasn't meant for me. So something like that. Yeah. Um, whenever we have um, class discussions or something like that, you always talk about your identities and something that I found really interesting and that I've always wanted to tell you was how, I, for, I forget exactly how you say it, but you say, I'm, these are my identities, but these are the identities that are most important to me. And these are the identities that are not so important to me. Mm -hmm. um, I've never seen anyone doing that until I came to grad school and I understood that, you know, you, you're you an, an identity, but you don't have to identify with that identity the whole time, right? So yeah. having that in mind, that whole entire process of uh, identity change and development, how was the Jose of the undergraduate, uh, the undergrad, uh, undergraduate Jose, because um, I, I bet it was maybe a little bit different, but also pretty much the same person as well, right? Yeah, so it was basically the same person. Um, when I first started undergraduate, uh, my undergraduate experience, I wasn't really understanding of my identities. Um, I was very much, what are those? I don't understand what they are. Um, I didn't really have the time or, I wouldn't say we didn't have the time. I didn't have the um, the need to kind of understand what the identities were because they weren't salient in my life. Um, but it wasn't until kind of I started to go into groups and um, kind of places where people were more open about their identities, people were more uh, talkative about their identities. That I was like, okay, well, what are my identities? Who am I? Um, what am I? You know, things like that. Those questions where you're just like, okay, like I think it's important for me to not put a label on myself, but at least know who I am in society and what I want to be known as um, kind of like I would say kind of like being a producer in your own life and kind of like making yourself known um, in the way that you want to be known so as an undergraduate student it started off very much in you know the low development levels of not knowing what you are or who you are 
and then finishing off strong and kind of having a good perception of um, who you are and what you want the world to see you as. So, I mean, identities are very fluid and they change over time, of course. Um, and it's not something that is going to continue the same way throughout your life because, you know, you learn new things, you unlearn things, and then you're like, okay, well, this is what I am. This is who I am today. Um, doesn't mean that's going to be the same thing as another day. So I think for me, one of my identities that um, changes very, very much so is um, my uh, my queer identity. So I love to say queer identity because it's very difficult for me to say gay or bisexual or anything like that. Because for me, and like deep inside, I know that you know I am most likely bisexual when I come to like um, my my queer identity but it's just difficult to kind of explain to people what I mean by bisexual um, and it's easier to either just say gay but then I'm like wait but that's kind of like by erasure I don't want to do that I don't want to kind of contribute to that um, so I just say queer because it's easier and I think for me um, in terms of like my undergrad experience and who I am now I think I'm coming more into terms with that um, identity with that one um, so I guess when it comes to kind of the differences between me and undergrad, um, I think that's one of the, the major ones that it comes with identity. Yeah. And okay. So I'm just going to say this, um, cause we're, we both identify as uh, Latino and mm -hmm. we know that we come from a culture that doesn't, um, and a lot of times doesn't accept, you know, if you're a little bit like if you identify as gay or bisexual or queer, um, and you don't have to share this if you don't feel comfortable, but how was the process of balancing your identity as a, as a Latino and then also as a queer, like how, have you found that balance? Are you still working towards it? Um, and if so, can you share like maybe some of the, the things that you have learned, some of the tips that you have learned to find that balance? Yeah. So great question, by the way. Um, so being a queer Latino is a very interesting kind of um, mixture, I guess. So as most people know, like the Latino culture is very much rooted in um, Catholicism and religion. And most of our beliefs and practices and traditions come from um, Catholicism uh, for most Latinos, for sure. Um, so when it came to me kind of understanding my queer identity, it was very difficult at first kind of finding that balance because what I had been taught growing up is very machismo, patriarchal stuff. So, you know, the man is the head of the household, they're the breadwinner. Um, the wife is very much a house, um, a, a homemaker um, and stuff like that. So it was very, very difficult to kind of see where a queer individual might fit in in, in that equation. Um, and it took me a, a quite some time to kind of understand that, you know, me being queer is as important to me as me being Latino. I see both cultures, I see both traditions um, and both of these cultures and the queer culture and the Latino culture that I was like, well, why can't I mesh these things together? Why isn't it something that, you know, can happen? It wasn't something that, at first it was something that was very much oil and water for me where I was like, well, these things can't mix because of the fact that they're very, very limited in the way that um, they can mix. But then as I kind of started to develop more of my queer identity and getting to understand more about what queer culture is, I was like, wait, there's so many 
artists out there that are queer that are amazing. Like Juan Gabriel, for example, like Juan Gabriel is the epitome of queer identity in Latino culture, where just like he did it so flawlessly, it fits in. And he is beloved by so many Latino individuals in, in our world. Um, and just seeing the way that it just flawlessly fit in together and it was very beautiful. I think that really made me understand that, you know, I can be queer, I can be Latino, and it's not something that can't coexist together. Um, have I found that balance? I would say for for my own identities, I guess, yes, I would say that I have found my own balance. Um, I'm very much the type of person that decides what I want to do with my life and what I want to see for myself. Um, I think early on, I decided that I was going to live my life based on how I wanted to, because, I mean, don't tell my parents this, and I hope they don't ever hear this. Um, <laughs> but growing up, I was very much like, you know what, I'm going to make, live my life the way that I want to, you know, because I think for Latinos, for sure, from my own experience, that we try to live our lives to make our parents happy. Right. And regardless of what that is, even if it costs our own happiness, I think a lot of us are kind of indebted to our parents and want to kind of create that um, that sense of loyalty to them, that sense of love to them. And for me, it just wasn't something that I could do. So at first I really wanted to be loyal to them and be like, you know what? I'm not gonna express my queerness. I'm not gonna express who I am as a queer individual because I know that's not something that they really enjoy. Um, and I didn't really, think they would enjoy it at first um and it really kind of took a toll on me because I was just like well how do I live my life do I live my life loving my queer self and expressing it or do I just oppress it just to make sure that you know I'm able to live this like Latino ideal um mindset that they have for me especially being the only male um child that they have so it was very difficult to like understand that um but as the years went on I decided you know what like this is my life, I only get one, and I have to live the way that I want to, because if not, once, and this is what I mean, I hope you never hear this, once they like pass on to another life, what am I gonna do with my own identities? Am I going to be regretting all the years that I spent not being able to express myself? Am I gonna have to look back as I'm older and be like, you know what, I wasted so many years of my life not being who I was because I wanted to please my parents? So. I've had those conversations with them where I'm just like, I love you all, I love being Latino, I love this whole culture that we have. But one day, unfortunately, you know, you're not gonna be here anymore. And I am going to be stuck with having to understand um, that I didn't live my life how I wanted to. Um, and I think they're very accepting of that part. Um, and I think when it comes to like me meshing my Latinidad and my queerness, I think that's what really helped me as well. Being able to understand, you know, I only have one life. Um, and I'm going to live it how I want to, because if I don't find that balance now, I'm going to be um, dealing with it later. And I don't want to do it later when I have like, I'm deep into something else. So I think that's um, a really great way to understand if I found the balance or not. Yeah. And obviously, I want to say that I see you as someone who is really brave um, because it's not an easy decision to um, come out to your family. Um, I know how difficult that, well, I don't know, right? But I, I can imagine how difficult that, that decision is. Um, and if there's someone out there, you know, potentially listening to this and they're going through the same process, what are some of the, the major things that you know now uh, that you wish you knew 
back then when you were going through that process of coming out to your family um, and becoming more secure with your um, your identity as a Latino uh, queer uh, man as well? Yeah, um, so I think it's, it's very much different for every single person, you know. For me, I kind of knew my situation. I knew where I can kind of um, get my parents to come around at some point. But when it comes to other people, I think it's very much just them assessing the situation, just assessing it, seeing what would work best for them. Um, I mean, I guess for if you're talking about development, the main goal is for people to just feel comfortable with who they are and being accepting of who they are. But, you know, it, it just depends on who the person is, because there's so many variables that go into, you know, family life. Um, people have religious lives. People have um, their different identities that might impede them from actually like getting to that point. Um, so I would just say for them to assess what they want to do, you know, if it's going to make them happy to come out and be authentically them, um, go for it. Like do that if that's what you are comfortable with. Um, you don't necessarily have to come out in order to live authentically yourself. You know, some people find that comfort of not coming out and um, being able to just live whatever they want to live, you know, live the life that they want to live. Um, so I would say that for the people that are kind of contemplating whether they want to come out or not or how to do it for sure, I would just say, you know, um, kind of dissect the process, see what would work best for you. Um, you know what works best, you know, you know your family best, you know your friends best, um, you know where you're at. So like if it's safe for you for, to do it um, and you want to do it, go for it. If you're still kind of on the fence on doing it, I would say, Think about it a little bit longer. Think about what you truly want to do. Wait until you feel safe to do it and then do it. Um, everybody has a different process of doing it. I know that mine was very, very different. Um, so it just depends on what people feel comfortable with. And just know that there's always going to be a community of queer individuals out there um, to accept you with open arms. So regardless of the outcome, we will always be there to support you regardless of what, because Coming out is something that is very, very influential into the lives of many of the queer individuals. So they would understand what that individual just went through and they would be able to kind of like support them and guide them through it and just kind of um, accept them with open arms. So just do it whenever you feel comfortable doing it is my best advice for you. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I can't stress enough to first do self-exploration, right? Like, like you said, like analyze, because obviously every single family is different and every single family is going to react differently. So uh, doing that self-assessment first, um, I think it's pivotal. Um, I guess my last question for you today is, you know, when we started this podcast, I told you that, yes, this is a podcast for students, uh, but it's also for you because I want you to go back maybe a year from now, two years from now, um, and see how much you have grown as a person. Um, so if uh, there's anything out there that you want to put out in the universe um, that you want to manifest. Um, how would you see yourself um, in a year? Like what, what are some of the things that you want to accomplish personally, professionally, academically um, that you want to go back and see if, if you were able to accomplish them? Yeah. So if I were to kind of look back and see what I want to accomplish in the future for sure and see if I accomplished it, um, I would want to say that, you know, I just want to help others. You know, I, want to be genuinely there to support students, um, kind of guide them into their career paths and guide them into what they want in the future. 
um, especially queer students and Latino students and first generation students, low income students, those type of students that, you know, resemble a lot about me. Um, growing into college, I didn't really see much representation of people that looked like me. Um, of course, I knew people, um, you know, professors and individuals who were low income or first generation college students. And I think that was a really, really great um, opportunity and thing to kind of experience and see because it was like, oh, it's people like me. But I also kind of missed that whole queer identity part of it and people that, you know, were queer and Latino or like queer and a person of color who had experienced different things like that. Um, so kind of having that ability to be that person for somebody else um, is something that, you know, I find very fulfilling and um, something that I want to see myself doing in the near future, whatever student affairs um, position I'm in. Um, I also just want to, you know, um, emphasize that that idea of a chosen family for students, you know, um, I think for us, chosen families are very much in the queer community. It's something that we know very much. But it's also something that many other people need to know about because, you know, not many students have families that, you know, that are um, accepting of who they are, regardless of if it's like sexuality or um, anything else that they're experiencing in their lives. So just having that ability to, you know, guide students, whatever um, identities they have that, you know, if you need to find support wherever else you can find it, go for it. Do what you need to do to feel supported and feel validated and, you know, get that that love where you can find it. Um, another one is my goals, which just include just, um, you know, getting something in student affairs or I'm student facing, you know, the last thing I want to do is not be able to support students in a role that is student facing, you know, admin work is important. I'm not saying it's not, but, you know, actually being able to support students and see students and getting to meet the students, you know, um, I don't want to just see students as a number or um, a name. I want to put a name to, I want to put a face to the name. I almost said it wrong. Um, I want to put a face to the name and actually get to know who they are and get to support them and see their growth over the years. I think that's something that's so fulfilling, like seeing students grow into who they are now and being able to support them through that. I think that's so fulfilling because at the end of the day, they come to you when they need you. And knowing that you can support them and knowing that you've done something to help their development, I think that's something that's so fulfilling. It's just so beautiful and so amazing to see because it makes you think about your own experience and your own development and how much you've gone through your development. And I think that's so important for us to acknowledge. Um, also, I just want to allow people to feel empowered with their own um, things. So, it's not specifically like a specific goal that I have to or a specific position I'm looking for. Um, but just having that aspect of being able to support students regardless of what their um, their development is or regardless of who they are and pushing them forward. So any position or any thing that allows me to do that, I think that is something that would allow me to meet my goals. Um, and I think that's a really important mindset to have because you know, if I said, oh, I want to be in a residential um, life position by next year, if I don't meet that goal, then I'm going to be very um, upset or I'm going to be very kind of like, oh, well, I didn't meet my goals. So having that open mindset of being like, as long as I'm helping students and as long as I'm doing something to support students, that's what matters to me, regardless of the position. And as long as I meet that, then I've met my goal and I've done what I've wanted to do. Um, and I think that's something that is very very much what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully it comes true. 
um, if it doesn't, you know, I'll keep on working on it. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up. Um, but that's something that's keeping me going, something that's exciting. Yeah, well, I would say, I mean, I can't read the future, right? Mm. Um, but I would say that knowing you and how passionate and driven you are to help other students, I uh, don't have any doubts that you will be able to accomplish those. Um, and, um, you know, it's going to be really a really good experience for you to go back in a year or two and and hear yourself saying that. And maybe you're going to most likely you're going to be in those positions and you're going to be like, wow, Jose, you you really accomplished that. So once again, I have no doubts that um, you're going to accomplish that. Um, I also want to thank you for um, being being so so open and brave to share your story. Um, I know sometimes it's not it's not easy. Um, so I want to thank you for that. And also like, I want to, I want to emphasize how, how you are continuing to, to develop, right? Like your work is not done personally or professionally or academically. Um, and I just admire how open you are to change and to learn more about yourself and others. So that's definitely something, uh, that is, that it's making you uh stand out because uh, oftentimes people uh you know they reach a point and they they're they're fine with that but you're always looking for change for for development and i i truly 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 admire that for me so thank you so much jose of course you know i'm always happy to help you i think that what you're doing here is great and i think that it's gonna help many students and all the students to listen to it as well and you know the great thing about this is that it's something that's going to live on and be available. And I think that that's going to be amazing. So yeah, I'd love to be back on. And I appreciate your your um, kind of asking of me being here. I think it's incredible. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you so much.